0: Hi, Steve Barsh from Dream It in Philadelphia. Wanted to welcome Ron Gula to Dream It Live. Ron, where are you today?
1: I am in Maryland okay. at uh, my home office.
0: Cool. In the Baltimore area, Baltimore suburbs, correct?
1: It's the uh, Ellicott City. It was in the news uh, a couple of months, ago, but last year for some flooding, uh, and uh, you know, but we're out of that area.
0: Okay. Love to start out with a little bit of your background. Can you talk about like where you've been, what you've done, maybe a little untenable, um, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure thing. Um, you know, like all successful cyber entrepreneurs, I started out at the uh, in the Air Force and worked for the National Security Agency. Right? No, I kind of say that tongue in cheek. Right. Um, I did start out in the Air Force, and my last tour was at the uh, National Security Agency. Nobody called it cyber back then, but I was right there when um, a lot of the major things that kind of set up the next or the last twenty years of uh, of cyber happens. I got to do some national exercises. I got to mm-hmm. do some basic penetration testing on some really interesting things. And right. it, I, I thought that what I was learning was unique to the military and, and the mm-hmm. government, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I, got, I was really lucky. I got to go work for BBN. I got to go work for a cloud provider called U.S. Internetworking. It was an right. application service provider had oh, an idea. ASAP, yeah. yeah while well, while I was there, I was, I was running this product called uh, ISS real secure, which is a network intrusion detection system. Mm-hmm. And one day I had an issue, you know, trying to track some, some hackers. And I said, it would be really nice to change the rules in this product. And I couldn't. So I kind of came home and wrote one. And um, that was called uh, dragon. And right. um, mm-hmm. we like less than two years, we had it deployed at some major banks in the DOD. All right. that being said, dragon was acquired Wait, what,
0: what by, year was this again
1: it was like uh 2000. 2000 and uh you know all that being said uh the gentleman who acquired uh network security wizards was the name of the company with dragon mm-hmm. worked for terraces networks mm-hmm. uh we worked at terraces for a couple of years but then we decided to start tenable network security and, and was it called uh, tenable
0: from the very beginning
1: it, it wasn't and believe it or not there's a security company in ohio <laughs> called tenable security, and every now and then we would get calls for like executive protection and like armored cars. And as much as that's cool, it's right. not you know patching and cyber hygiene and and right. and, and whatnot. So <laughs> uh, ran tenable. I was a CEO CTO, and uh, ran that for a long time, more than a more than a decade. Right. And last few years, I got into angel investing, and that mm-hmm. set us up to do Gula Tech Adventures, where we're doing primarily uh, everything from you know, series C to A's and B rounds.
0: Cool, cool. A little bit more on Tenable, so people have an idea of what that was and what you're doing at the time. Yeah. So, how, how big did you grow it to? So as we talk about, like as you're an investor and the companies the advice you're gonna give, like how far along did you build that company? How much did you raise, revenue, those types of things, if you can talk yeah, about so it. Yeah, so
1: just to, to kind of put in perspective, so the first company, sure. Network Security Wizards, we had six people when we were mm-hmm. acquired. We had maybe 16 customers. And uh, we were required for less than, I'll say, less than twenty million dollars, right. uh, you know, in in cash. So when um, when we sold, when we when we did Tenable, you know, we said, look, we've done this before. Let's go raise a bunch of money. And this was right the early two thousands, and nobody was mm-hmm. investing, right? It was a down thing. So we, you know, grew a cash flow positive business, and you know, we we grew that to hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, really, really, really quickly. Um, and I say that jokingly because it kind of took us 10 years to kind of get there. Um, right. when, when I left, it was, we had about 600, 700 people when I left. And, wow. um, you know, we were doing revenue all across the world. Uh, we had offices, you know, we were business in every state. I and mean, it was just, it was funny. I'd go to like a Baltimore Ravens game and every logo in the stadium, you know, was a customer, which was wow. which was kind of cool. Uh, there was one year... Where we celebrated our 300th employee and mm-hmm. our 400th employee in the same year.
0: In the same year. Oh, wow, that's a lot year. of growth.
1: You know, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. And then for those who don't know, like what Tenable does, we're we're very famous for the Nessus vulnerability scanner. One of our co-founders, mm-hmm. Renault Derrison, wrote that. It's a mm-hmm. vulnerability scanner. You plug it into a network, and it figures out all your devices and all your vulnerabilities. But that's really a disservice if you think about how complex networks are. Right. Tenable today, you can audit Salesforce, you can audit your cloud applications, you can audit your mobile devices, you can audit your, your DevOps code. So, right. and, there, and there's a whole different discipline for auditing IoT and ICS devices. Right. One thing we did right at Tenable, we definitely invested in the technology uh, well ahead of where the threats were going to exploit those things. So That's great. We were That's able great. to do, do a public offering last year.
0: Okay, so just to back up for a second on the raises though, so did you bootstrap Tenable or you raised yeah. or where, what, what was that progression you- of that?
1: So we bootstrapped, and you, you know, was now it's kind of popular to kind of come to the mm-hmm. East Coast and and track cyber companies. But in the right. early two thousands, you know, it was really hard to raise money. Um, you know, in this area, I'm sure we can talk about that with what you guys are doing right. uh, coming out of Philly. I, I I hear the same thing from Boston and New York City sure. and stuff. Now it's a little bit different. But when we raised, um, the the fifty million dollars that we raised the first time, not only was that our first A round that was mm-hmm. like a record setting round for you know for the Maryland region and then we followed that up with like a 300 million dollar raise you know several years after you know but after that, that
0: that 50 million dollars was almost like growth capital what was your revenue already when you raised the 50 million dollars
1: so it was um, you know the point i'd like to talk about is that we mm-hmm. had 50 million dollars in the bank at that time so we had Got made it. cash flow mm-hmm. uh, positive year over year yet we were still having problems kind of looking big and I can remember you know a good competitor to Tenable was uh, was Rapid7 and they had raised mm-hmm. 50 million dollars as well and they were right. going around telling everybody look how cool you know as, as, as a Salesforce should do hey we just raised fifty <laughs> million dollars you should be excited about us we had right. 50 in the bank and nobody seemed to care about that and we're like hey wait <laughs> a second you know what this is actually a lot more impressive to, right. to grow a company like this so we started doing that and frankly it really helped us uh, not only get customers <laughs> but recruit people, you know, and we were recruiting people right, right. away from the government and uh, government agencies and, and uh, you know, integrators and contractors like Northrop Grumman and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, a company that was doing something like that, the the more stable we could look like. Uh, the better it was to attract some of that talent that's really yeah. all over this region down yeah. here.
0: Raising can be a branding event, so it's cool. Let's so let's dive in. You started to talk about a little bit about some of the investments in your angel investing today. So could you talk a little bit? You know, what are the some of the investments you've made recently? Maybe some exits, and then we'll start getting into more detail.
1: Yeah. So um, you had the web website up there. We what we wanted to do. It's uh, it's my wife and I. So Cindy and I we worked at all all the companies together. There's a whole set of what I consider our East Coast entrepreneurs who are doing really well, and they love cybersecurity. They, they see it as an opportunity. They don't see it as, you know, there's a bazillion companies, and they're all copying each other. They really see there's a lot of innovation, and that there's so many things that we can help with um, that we say, hey, let's do this. Now, a lot of people, they'll just do angel investing, and that's great. There's, right, there's right. nothing wrong with angel investing, um, but there's this area in between being an angel and being uh, a full-on venture capital fund where you have you know, limited partners and you raise money and you go through a process. And we're kind of in that gray area in between. We actually introduce ourselves uh, as cyber industrialists because if we like a series A company, well, we might put in some money and and, and fill out a, a large round. We also might write a $50,000 check to people we met at a uh, you know, a, a get together and we try to work the entire uh, ecosystem. So that's not what we're trying to do with Gula Tech Adventures. We're trying to work across the ecosystem to try to actually get people to. So so one secret, if you want to pitch me yeah, someday, yeah. um, just tell tell us that, hey, look, you want to invest in other companies. And I, I think about a third of our companies already invested in other companies. Companies, what you know, the founders that, that is so. That's oh, oh really interesting. What we
0: want. So you're saying the founder yeah. says we angel invested in something, mm-hmm. and then you want to angel invest in them, or you want to Absolutely. invest in them?
1: Absolutely. Got it. That's cool. Because that, that's how we get this ecosystem going. And right. You know, it, you know, if you're going to invest, you're going to start a company. Of course, you want to make money. Of course, you want to be successful in business. But we really want to solve cybersecurity. And right. and I just think if we are going to actually make a difference and really do the technology has to be one of the one of the pillars of that.
0: Got it. I thought somehow the the secret that you were gonna give away, something again with a Ravens game. It's all the Baltimore Ravens. See me <laughs> at the stadium. All right. Um, so you're you're doing these investments. Just a question again as we dive into things, right? How many cyber startups reach out to you, you know, every week, every month? Like what's your what's that flow look like? Because I want to calibrate some of the questions and people that are watching this live or recorded, how frequently people are reaching out to you
1: so so one of the reasons we have the website why we post a lot on linkedin while we do the blogs Mm -hmm. is not only to just increase the awareness of the companies we're working with but to make it easy for people who want to raise money to come find us (laughs) so i'll get hit up with uh investor at gula.tech which is which Mm -hmm. is a great way to email us i'll get people soliciting me on on linkedin and then uh you know once you've actually made some investments and you're you're sort of on the record there's a whole sort of crew of of uh, of bankers and people who help people raise money, who will send you decks and send you pitches and do introductions. Okay, and we do uh, that, right? We send yeah, our secure tech, it, it, tech companies to you. It's too, part yeah, of the sure. ecosystem, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that we've been doing is, we, you know, we've been lucky enough to be able to be LPs and other funds, mm-hmm. so that some of those funds, you know, they will run deals past us, and right. uh, and that's that's very exciting as well.
0: So, but I, uh, the thing I'm looking for, if you could comment, because we're going to talk about all the mistakes you see and, and the dumb things people say and do, and it, the idea is, th- are you seeing 10 companies a week, a day, a month, like how many times, the some, mistakes we're going to yeah, talk weeks, about, how frequently do you see as them?
1: As, yeah, some weeks it, it can be as high as 10 or, or 11, and right. uh, you know, I have a certain set of partners I like to run deals deals by, and I have certain things that you know, you 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 develop this sort of ecosystem. Well, this you know venture capital firm invested in this firewall company, so you really can't send them a new firewall deal. So you have to kind of be a little selective about right. who you're 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 going through. Mm-hmm. But one of the uh, I think before RSA and after RSA are usually the big times when when I, I see right. a lot of the stuff. Yeah. and and that's you know very cyclic and in, 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 in nature. But uh, one of the things that 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 struck me just after doing this for about a year year and a half. Mm-hmm. was how bad the pitches were right? and, and this is what inspired me to, to kind of write the the five slide pitch deck guide
0: okay so let, let's get into that so and again calibrating you say maybe sometimes 10 a week that's mm-hmm. you know 40 a month maybe three to four hundred companies a year reach out to you and so many people make the same mistakes in cyber so let's get into it talk a little bit about the gula five slide pitch deck what what goes into that
1: so it's it's um it's real simple Right. Yeah. So one is what problem do you solve? Mm-hmm. And you'd be so surprised how many people talk about their tech or talk about the market or something. It's like, what problem are you solving? Right? Dude, and I think we see
0: the same thing, by the way. A lot of times yeah. we talk to cyber startups and, or, or startups in general, and they're five or 10 minutes into their deck and you're like, stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. don't yeah. understand. What problem do you solve?
1: Yeah. And then the second thing is, how do you solve it? And right. a lot of times people will mix these together. Uh Um, you know, but, but not a lot of times, I mean, if we're going to do innovation, Uh you know, the, 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 the problem and the answer are not always, there's there's a lot of ways to build a mousetrap, right? That's the classic thing we've always, we've always heard. So how you solve a problem and what problem you solve are really two and very, very important things that every investor, you can hook them. If you, if you've got a good problem that needs solving and a great way to solve it, man, that's like, that's like the opening uh, part of from like Star Wars. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're, you're just hooked. <laughs> and I've seen, I visually have seen investors sitting around a table getting pitched where right, somebody right. doesn't start with these two things and you can right. see the eyes rolling, the interest people checking their phones, that sort of thing. Do you, so you want
0: to hear the problem first? And we have, I have a thought on that, but is that you really want the what? first
1: you know i people people will pitch me and and they might put the what they're solving first and i'll be like mm-hmm. okay well that's great what, what i mean the their their technology first i'm like right if i have to tease it out of them right. you know i'm not going to be a um uh you know a jerk about it but at the same right. time you know if, if you follow these five slides we'll go through them here in a second right uh, these five uh, things you can take an hour meeting and get it right. done right. in 15 minutes And, you know, one of the big complaints from startups is that, wow, it's so hard to take to do fundraising. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, if you're doing 90-minute meetings and you're not being <laughs> effective and you're going to do one of those every day, no yep. wonder you don't think it's exciting because you're not focusing on what you're doing. So,
0: Quick note, and then I'll let you go through your five, mm-hmm. is we find, like, I, we like to hear the problem first also. What problem are you solving? And I always say to entrepreneurs, like, put guardrails in my mind. We see so many things every single day. Just help me calibrate, like, what mm-hmm. problem first? And then, so yeah. that's and
1: And that's you know, like what problem you oh, we over trying to solve cybersecurity. So you got to be a little calibrated <laughs> right. with how right. high or how low, right. you know, on the other hand, if you led with, Oh, you know, we're going to increase decrease CPU utilization on perimeter gateway firewalls. Right. Well, that might be, you know, that might be a little too, too deep, right? So you got to have right. that, that, right. that level. Okay. So you got the problem so two solution. So mm-hmm. then the third thing is some proof. And this is where I, it, again, it's a style thing. Uh, it could be a demo you did for a customer, a national lab's deployed it. It could be a patent, you know, uh-huh. if, if you are coming in to, to, to ask for money and to say, you know, how to solve a problem, great, do it. I, Hey, I was a consultant for five years. I did incident response for four years and I, this is, I ran into this all the time. That's your proof, you know, this, what, where, where is that, um, you know, sort of idea coming from uh-huh. and anything you can prove there is, 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 is good. And then, uh, you know, we got to talk about money. That's the fourth thing, right? If you're going to raise right. money, how much? You know, what are you going to do with it? Uh, where right. are you going right. to be? Is it, is it a year from now? Is it, a, is it two years from now? Right. And then, but the last thing I really, really want to hear right. is what is their vision of the world? And when I say vision of the world, I'm looking for some perspective. So if it's a first time CEO, you know, are, is this a feature that's going to be on the back of, of, a, of a Microsoft or an Amazon or a Checkpoint? you know or is this is this a big company is this is this a platform and i get a lot of people who are it's and it's okay to be confused about features and platforms and Uh you know some some platforms are features for ibm you know when you think about scale and 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 whatnot but really what i'm looking for is you you have to if you're pitching somebody like me you have to realize that we might be able to write a check and just buy your company right now and this if you think about hey i'm raising two million dollars on a six million dollar thing if it's a great company, well, why not just write an $8 million check and tell you what, we will going to make a lot of money together. But you really need to um, pay attention and have this kind of CEO and that kind of stuff. And I always ask people that question. What would you do if somebody offered you this amount of money today? And that really gets into what is their vision or their, what do they want? What do they want for their families? I right. um, usually pivot that conversation. with: Have you done any tax planning? You know, what happens if Checkpoint called you tomorrow and put a $20 million cash deal on the table? You right. know, what about moving to Europe? It's, I I'd had it's a companies great had exits and yeah, what's your vision? What are you willing to do for you, your partners, and your employees? Right. And so do that you, vision thing's tough.
0: Do you hear, by the way, a lot of times when we ask the question around vision, people say my exit strategy is? And it's like, I didn't ask you your vision. I asked I yeah. didn't ask you your exit strategy. What's your vision? Yeah.
1: And, and there's certainly nothing wrong saying <laughs> I want to get and be a cash flow positive company and mm-hmm. focus on my customers. And create tons of value for my customers and my investors, and i 'd like to do this for five or ten years there's nothing wrong with that with that answer, but That's i want great. I want to know what their vision is so I can get behind that
0: so those five steps, those five pieces the the goal of five is there one or two you see that people consistently screw up, or is it just they don 't hit all five
1: yeah they um you know, it could be a number of different things. Um, you know, one, it, one could be that vision and and, and the, uh, you know, where we're going to go from it, just because if especially if it's a first time entrepreneur, like I like to deal with a lot of people who come out of the intelligence community and the, the, the DoD, I'm not going to expect them to know, like, you know, market rates on revenues and, and investing or, you know, discounts because you're a service provider and not a, uh, a product tech vendor. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's fine. Um, on the other hand, You know, people who try to come in and say, "Well, my tech is better than than somebody else." Well, how much better is it? You know, is it five percent better? Like, I get pitched a lot on people who say, "Well, we can find vulnerabilities better than 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 Tenable, or I can find uh, alerts and malware better than CrowdStrike," and they'll produce you know some sort of statistic. I'm like, okay, let's assume that's that's true. What's the cost for a company to switch from a Tenable or a CrowdStrike to to your company? How realistic is that? Right. And this is a big uh, one of the uh, big mistakes that people uh, make when they go into the cyber startups is they they really don't they really overvalue the quality of their technology, which kind of stinks. As I'm a technologist, right? right. I want Me the too. best best technology, right? Right. But the best tech doesn't always win, and that's that's right. a huge problem that a lot of people have a hard time getting getting around of.
0: Got it. And you know, let's just drill into that a little more. We see that also. And I think what what you're talking about, Steve Jobs used to say, you know, if you want to win, you have to be an order of magnitude better. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake. If I look, you know, here's my iPhone 11 Pro, right? Mm -hmm. So I just got this. I had an iPhone X or 10, not the XR. I I don't know what phone you have, but it's the example I use with entrepreneurs all the time. Pull out your phone and they'll have a Samsung Note, whatever, six. How come you don't have the 10? It's like, eh, it's good enough. You mean just like your vulnerability scanner? You know, it's, a, it's good enough. It's not an order of magnitude better. Is a big hospital system, a big corporation going to really buy your product and install it and implement it if it's incrementally better? I think that's what you're saying too, right?
1: Yeah, and so one of the things that that uh, running Gula Tech Adventures allows me to do is volunteer. I'm I'm on the board of uh, of a nonprofit called Defending Digital Campaigns. Mm-hmm. And and I've been As able in to p-
0: p- political pr- yeah. Campaigns. So
1: we God. we uh, so if you were running for Congress and mm-hmm. you knew me when I was at Tenable and I said hey here's free vulnerability scanning for you. Mm-hmm. There's a limit right? There's an in kind donation right? Correct. Um, so DDC gets gets around that. We're authorized by the FEC or the Federal Election uh, uh, Committee to do that. But my point is is we're dealing with campaigns. So campaigns tend to be very underfunded from an IT point of view and right. just right. not really aware of this. So, so now imagine bringing all the companies you see at RSA to like a meeting with there's nobody in IT and you want to deploy these things. This is a great example oh God, of, yeah. of market fit, right? The, yeah. uh, the best solutions maybe deployed by, you know, Exxon and Citibank and AT and T aren't necessarily the best solutions, you know, for small groups of people trying to work and collaborate together. So that's another big mistake people make is how is your technology going to get into the hands of your buyers. Who are your buyers? What's your what's your market fit there?
0: Okay. Interesting. Cool. Let's get, we'll move around a little bit using your five slides and a couple of things else. Do you find in mistakes that cyber entrepreneurs make about how they talk about competition? Like I didn't see in your five and you have to limit somewhere, but where do they talk about and how do they talk about competition or lack thereof?
1: Yeah, it's... it's um, A lot of the, like a big red flag is somebody who says, oh, we don't have any competition. Now, Mm. now, granted, there's somebody working on there on on some new thing that we haven't even thought about, right? I don't know, space-based quantum interference detection of email passwords, right? Or, you know, who knows, right? It's some threat we haven't uh, even thought of yet. Um, Those exist. And and I will get pitched occasionally uh, with companies who just have, they're way ahead of everybody else, right? Problem with that is if you're way ahead and you don't have any competition, how do you how do you build a business on that? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you have to wait for the market to come to you? But for almost everybody else, and I'm gonna say for 95% of it, you need to define what market you're in. And, mm-hmm. and if you're having a hard time doing it, maybe you haven't found a buyer, you know, maybe, maybe you're taking an established market like you know, firewalls or access control, and maybe you're you're really applying it to a vertical like healthcare or right. like small doctor's office healthcare. So being able to define that really allows you to define who your competition is. And if you get it right, then almost everybody you talk to will understand what you're talking about. If you get it wrong, you'll be continuously answering questions about who your competition is, who your market is, what's the size of the market. And this is just something I've seen a lot of people get, uh, you know, get get wrong.
0: Right. It's interesting because you almost intertwine competition and go-to-market strategy. Like, well, mm-hmm. are you signed to healthcare? Are you signed to everyone selling to finance? And you need to define who's the target market, what are you going after, and then what's the competitive set going after those types of customers?
1: Yeah. And almost every company has a um, a line that they don't want to cross. Uh, I'll give you a really good example. The company so, meaning so, a
0: startup, or you mean the uh, customer?
1: Well, everybody. Everybody. Right. So like, for example, with Tenable, you know we could detect malware you know, when we do a vulnerability audit you know right, and a configuration right. we're looking at all the registry settings we are all the uh, uh the hashes of the processes running and as part of our audit we were comparing that against hashes and 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 malware data from reversing labs i would have a hard time arguing that tenable was a leading malware you know type type company right but at the end of the day that's an amazing audit and it's a hundred percent of the software on your your system. Almost every company I deal with has something like that where they they don't want to cross into that because maybe the current ecosystem is somebody that they're partnering with or they complement with and they certainly don't want to compete against. Right.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So we talked about that not always the best technology wins. Is there also an issue around defensibility? Like you have an edge. I have something that's a better vulnerability scanner than tenable. Do you, do you worry about can you maintain that defensibility of technical advantage when you're evaluating a yeah, pitch deck so in a startup?
1: You know, there's there's some basic things like you know, mm-hmm. okay, did you write this? Was it open source? You know, and 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 um, you know, are you you know, you said you're a U.S. company, but you're not. You're you're really based in in um, I don't know Brazil or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain amount of diligence that says you know, as a business, you want to get into into that kind of of, of stuff, but. Um, you know, if you don't own your IP, that's a hard time. I was pitched a company recently where, you know, they claim that uh, they were going to rewrite, uh, you know, the, uh, this OEM component from another vendor, and they're just going to get that done pretty, pretty quickly. And I, I think they could do it. But as part of a diligence, I'm probably going to call it other vendor and be like, Hey, how do you feel about this? You know, is this a partner of yours? Is this, you know, what are you guys going to do in this in this kind of space? So, you know, owning your IP, you know, having all of your employees that that are on books and whatnot, these are really basic things that should come out in diligence, uh, but aren't really going to be something I'm I'm going to really dive into until it's time to kind of write a check.
0: Got it, got it. Okay, Um, let's move the conversation to a different point you know, we see this problem. We had interesting guests we had on Dream It Live a week or two ago it was Dan Constantino. He's the CISO of Penn Medicine and kind of brought up a couple of points like this and love to get your viewpoints. How important do you feel for a startup you're talking to, are they addressing a top ten CISO CSO problem? Do you ever talk about that?
1: Yeah, and a lot of times the top ten for a CISO mm-hmm. is different for the CISO across the street from them, right? So maybe some CISO has yet to implement two-factor authentication. And if they're implementing two factor authentication for the first time, you know, maybe they're not going to go with a startup, right? Maybe they need to go with the Gartner, you know, upper right, you know, magic magic quadrant. <laughs> so a lot of times these CISOs have problems that they're not going to get to for another year or two. And that's okay. That's a great time to do a startup to focus on that so that you can get some market traction by the time that's that's like, that's a big deal. <laughs> um, a good example of that is uh, we've got a company we've invested in called called Scythe. Uh, Scythe actually allows you to create, you know, implants to make your red team really act like China, Russia, you know, a really, really uh, amazing adversary. Right. And this is part of this, like that, that whole breach and attack simulation type space. But the people who kind of came first in that market were, were early. They were they just focused on are your settings correct and not really as your team kind of kind of positioned to kind of go after these threats from, you know, amazing uh, uh, industrial espionage actors that are, that are out there. So this is the kind of thing that CISOs have on their roadmap maybe in 2021, 20, 22 down the road. So that's the kind of thing I look for when, when we're investing in companies. When are people gonna actually buy this?
0: Got it, so you look like down the road, but I guess part of it is that you're trying to figure out will it ever be a top 10 problem? Okay. I guess some of the things that we yeah. see as you look at things like I don't think this is a big problem that people are gonna spend money on. Today or two years from now is the yeah, case and it's like
1: um, uh, I, I don't I don't want to talk about um, specific companies and whatnot, but like one of the things I'm 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 seeing is a lot of companies who want to um, you know make your migration to the cloud a lot more a lot more easy and you know about and four secure, years ago, hopefully. yeah, and and secure, right. um, but you know a lot of a lot of organizations were well, it, it's funny this, I I try to avoid saying like term like a lot and. Many or whatever, but you know the cloud's being adopted, right? I think we can all I agree understand. on on that. But I, I will I will say that there's still some holdouts of people who want to do things on prem. They want mm-hmm. to do things hybrid, and you know all those things you hear about cost uh, being you know lock into your cloud vendor and 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 whatnot. So any type of company that can play to those sort of heartstrings or 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 concerns mm-hmm. could really allow somebody to uh, uh, to, to to do that.
0: Um, okay. Next question, Ron. You brought it up a little bit earlier about, along with comest- credi- credibility and honesty of a founder. Um, do you find sometimes that people aren't upfront about issues? You discover them a little later as an investor before, hopefully, you've written a check. You talk about some of those kind of landmines.
1: Yeah. So false. Yeah. So <laughs> investing in a in a company is it's it's basically almost like starting a business or getting getting married. You are going to be working very closely with your investors. I mean there's some investors who are very hands off. Here's a check, go, you know, go conquer the world but don't call me kind of thing. Most of the cyber investors that I deal with are very involved. They want to join your board, they want to be there when you make a mistake, they want to help you learn, you know, quicker and that. So any type of of static where you're either not upfront about a mistake or not upfront about something or god forbid, you know, they lied or misrepresented about a right. customer, uh, a partner, um we all know each other. Uh, like I'm in a company right now with just, I mean, the logos of the, of the investors, it's like the who's who of <laughs> of, of cybersecurity. So if somebody says, Hey, we worked with CrowdStrike, we worked with Tenable, I, I know people there, right? You know, right. so it's, it's, it's pretty easy to to follow up. And more than once I've seen logos uh, says we're working with this vendor and I call the vendor and never heard of it. Never
0: heard of them, Never
1: yeah. heard of them. So that's, you know, so that's, that's tough. Um, and then, you know, with, with, uh, with my wife and I, you know, it's pretty easy for me to be upfront and say, well, you know, is there a relationship here? And even if there, if there isn't, I like to ask questions about how do you make decisions? How do you resolve this? Do you have the same priorities as your three or your two or, you know, if you're a single, um, uh, you know, founder, you know, what what are those decision processes there and how do you resolve conflict? And that's a great thing to go into. And a lot of times, if somebody is not upfront with how they're doing that kind of stuff, it it, it does come out uh, almost almost immediately.
0: And then, what are some examples? Like you mentioned earlier about open source or IP, or well, what are some examples that you've backed away from a deal where, again, the, the title of this episode, right, is Avoiding Five Common Cyber Entrepreneur Pitfalls. What are some mm-hmm. of the things you've seen, and maybe more than once, where an investor's going to back away? Be upfront from the beginning, don't yep. let you find it
1: right so you know we're all human we all have biases i try to be very upfront about the biases i'm at least aware of so a good one is you know with tenable we kind of controlled nessus right that was r.i.p and we could show that my friend marty uh you know he was the the author snort and wrote wrote sourcefire Um, So there's other companies out there who do things with data from Tenable and data from from Source Firewall, Cisco, of course. And now there's been, if we go back to network intrusion detection, you've got Suricata and you've got Bro. Uh, Bro was renamed. I'm blanking on it. I'm going to probably get called out on that. But, um, uh, you know, the Coralite owns basically, you know, the, the the bro products, that's the kind of company where, hey, you own your IP, part of your go to market is this open source tech, and you're, you're, you're going to grow that. And that's, that's uh, uh, phenomenal. But if somebody came along and said, hey, we want to invest, want you to invest in our company, we have this open source technology, that's the basis of almost everything we do. Mm-hmm. The value we added was reporting an appliance, a GUI, you know, maybe a custom threat feed, some integration. That's not the kind of company I like to invest in because I think the base of that company is just, it's 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 tough to, to long-term. Uh, do, you can still make money, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of companies out there who make money doing that. It's not typically what I like to invest in. There, there's people who've made millions of dollars out there doing that strategy, but I, mind you, it's just not but, my preference.
0: But your point is they're not being open, that it's based, the core is based on open source. They, must sound, they must make it sound like they've created something all on their own, and it turns out they haven't.
1: And, and, and almost every company has open source components sure. in what yeah. they're doing, right? There's a Java engine, right? There's HTTP, right. HT, you know. There's there's a, 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 sure. a, a NGINX, you know, web server somewhere in there, right? Huh. Um, but to say the core of what you do is this open source thing that you have no control over, that's tough. I really, right. I really don't like that. Um, another good example is you know understanding where you are on the food chain. So mm-hmm. like, let's say you're in uh, orchestration, where your job is to take events from other uh, things, bring them together, add some value, and uh, and deliver a, a result, maybe an alert, report, you know, a searchable index. OK, that's great. Well, how many things do you have inputs for That's a long uh, list of vendors that you've got to integrate with. And I'll look at something along those lines, and I'll be like, look, that's a lot of engineering. It's more than you realize. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that as a business strategy. But you have to realize that your investment there is probably light compared to what you uh, what you need so those are the kind of things i'm looking for is like you know right. do you understand how much investment it's going to take to do this and do you have any sort of unfair advantage over other people in this in this market
0: Got it. uh, I'll just tell you a couple things that we see where people start to strain credibility, and it it starts small and then starts to snowball. They have their team slide up, and they're talking about their team, and you go and you do a LinkedIn search, and there's six people on the team slide. It turns out the person in front of you is the only person who's full-time. Everybody works somewhere else, but they position it, and they make you believe, like, this this is my full-time team, and then you Mm -hmm. press on it, and it turns out it's not true. They're like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, that's not what I meant. That's the way you made it look. and again,
1: there's... There's nothing wrong with not having 100% right. people. Just don't present it. Right.
0: The approach. Like we've been working
1: it. on this problem together right. for six years, you know, because right. then you have IP issues, who had this right. invention when? Right. And that, that can get kind of kind of interesting. And
0: the other one that you mentioned also is they put up their logo wall of all their customers, and you start drilling yeah. down on it, and they're like they're mm-hmm. not customers, and well, this we're just talking to, but you had it up a logo, and here's here's who's yeah. using it, and again, what we try to what we start to find is where there's smoke, there's fire, mm-hmm. and and if we're just dating, we're not married yet. Right, and we're we're in a second conversation. We're already finding, and the bullshit meter starts going up. You're like, okay, wait. <laughs> if we're just getting started and we're finding issues like this, and you're not being straightforward with us, this isn't a great way to start a long-term relationship. So, yeah. anyway, um, you, you talked about. Well, just to pivot the conversation, you talked about technology and technology doesn't always win. And you know, if it's incrementally better, can you talk a little bit maybe what you look for in sales and marketing? Like, is there a certain level of talent or cyber startup talent that you're looking for, exceptional from a sales and marketing point of view that can really help these companies build?
1: Yeah, so when you're, when you're small and you're, you're pre-revenue, anybody who's spending money with you is, is uh, if it's an enterprise, you know, they're gonna invest in you. Uh, a lot of enterprise uh, rightly said so, will, will spend money on on smaller startups they they want to be innovative they want to take advantage of the next best thing and almost 95 90% of the time they're going to work with the founders right the CEO the CTO and they really want to have that sort of trust of confidence of is this problem something that they understand and 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 go on. So so when I talk about sales and marketing at a, at a small company there really is no sales and marketing right? It's right. the founder it's right? It's the founder or the founding team. It's founders. the approach, it's the website, right. it's it's all that. That's all you're going to work with. And and frankly for your next you know a couple of years until you get to like three or four or five million dollars in, in in revenue um you're not gonna have what i consider a formal enterprise sales team where you've got you know a sales kickoff and and you've got you know kpis and you've got because uh-huh. it changes your culture and this is one of the hardest things for small companies to kind of grow into that they're gonna have fits and starts they're gonna uh they might hire the the world's best sales lady and and she might kill it from a point, of, but it might be the wrong the wrong culture for the for the for the founders. Um, it could be that maybe the salespeople they hired were too senior. Maybe they were large New York City enterprise financial, right? And they're just not the right people to kind of go into healthcare or the um, you know, the Midwest or that. So so it's we really just
0: yeah. To, to drill into that for a minute, when you if you saw a three or four person startup and one of them is the title is VP of sales. The company's a year old. They're almost pre-revenue. The person comes from some big organization, running a big sales organization. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that you have a VP of sales that early?
1: Yeah, it, it, it depends. You know, so typically, if it's a three-person company, uh, I like to see that they are all you know chief whatever's because they are their are people. But throwing around VP titles at a very very young age is more of a red flag for me than than uh, yeah, than that. I like to see a CTO. I like to see CEO. Mm-hmm. I like to see right. you know COO and stuff like that. But um, you know, starting out as VP of sales can be, can be rough. I've seen it. Uh, I've, I've seen it, mm-hmm. especially with experience, but more, more often than not, it's gonna beg a question. If it's right. not commensurate with the background, you know? Yeah,
0: and it's just one of the things that we've seen, just I have a bias on that, is a lot of times you'll hire somebody who's a very strong former VP of sales and they're not willing to carry a bag anymore. What's their quota? Well, why do you need to build out the team? It's like, whoa, you need your first four or five, 10 customers and you're gonna yeah. have to like, are you gonna get your knuckles dirty and sell? You know, like, oh, I'm beyond that. I'm a, I'm a VP of sales now. And
1: this, this is a good it's a good question because a lot yeah. of technical founders don't understand that the process of sales is a very scientific and engineering right. focus. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much at the end of the day, you're going to invest a certain amount in your sales team, whether it's marketing, channel, uh, uh, people, what, and you're going to actually be able to 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 mine, you know, out of those out of those customers, um, you know, new leads, new 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 customers. And I, I hate to sound crass like that but you know an amazing product with a slick website does not sell itself right you, know, you do need to fight to to get your great ideas into the best companies in the world and and that's what your sales team does because if if um, if you don't do that there's probably five or six other competitors in your in your region who are going to do, do it for you
0: can we just to go a little deeper on that you know is this one of these common simon cyber entrepreneur pitfalls right that they don't understand the sales cycle and how to sell to large enterprise. So to move, is it true that most of the companies you're investing are like B2B and selling large enterprise, I would assume, or SME?
1: So uh, there's a good bit of them that are large enterprise. We, we have a couple that focused on uh, SMB and even smaller. So for All example, right. uh, Huntress Labs is a, uh, a, an endpoint, uh, you know, malware detection, and they make the MSP. There's thousands of these managed service providers sure. across sure. the country. They make them the hero, right? They, they detect the malware. And they basically put it into a into a situation where they can leap into action. The reason I kind of go into that is because almost every other SMB pitch I get is really just a failed enterprise technology that they say, well, let's try selling this to small business. And they don't really understand how the, the, the business of IT is done in, in, in those areas. Right.
0: And how to sell to it and how to get it in. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Exactly. Um, let's see if there's anything else I want to ask you. Just any other big things. You know, you're know, you talking to a whole bunch of cyber entrepreneurs. These are the five common pitfalls. You know, If there's one or two last things, please don't do this. And if you're yeah. doing one or two things, please make sure you're doing this correctly.
1: So I think the last mistake I kind of would, would, would touch on would just be valuation focus. Oh, great, right. I meant seen, to ask you.
0: Thank you for I've bringing that up, valuation. Yeah.
1: Great technology, yeah. great founders great company with absolutely no knowledge of the market when it comes to valuations, and uh i've seen it screw up a company i've seen it delay success you know a a couple years i've seen uh it stem from that first question what's your vision of 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 success right Mm -hmm. um do you want to be a millionaire right do you want to be a successful entrepreneur those things are not necessarily the same thing do you want to have people who are successful in your in your company, right? Do you want to help them pay off their college, pay off, uh, you know, their home loans, their school loans, uh, you, know, be, be, uh, you know, buy a Tesla, you know, whatever your dream of success in America is, if you can't sort of put a, uh, uh, a definition of what that is, then you can't look at an acquisition or investment or evaluation, um, you know, as a term of, of, of successful outcome or not. So I've just seen a oh. lot of people screw that up.
0: What, but what are they getting wrong with valuation? What's your advice? What should they be doing right? What are they doing incorrectly?
1: So there's, there's, a, there's a couple things. So one, not knowing what you want as an investor. As an investor, like let's, let's, as an
0: investor or a startup?
1: As, as, as a, oh, I said investor, thank you, yeah. uh, as, a, yeah. as a startup, as a founder. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have your financial goals
0: mm-hmm. in,
1: in line, and then one day somebody comes along and makes you an amazing deal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you know? How do you know? Uh, and then, like, I'll give you a good example. So, when we sold our first company, Network Security Wizards, we sold that pretty quick, two years, uh-huh. and 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 you know, now we're millionaires. You know, we're we're whatever. We did really well. We're we're, right. we're successful entrepreneurs now. Whatever. Um, you know, I've had many venture capital people. Oh, you should have raised you know ten million dollars. We could have grown that into a you know public company or as a first-time CEO. That's that's tough. You don't right. know what you're what you're missing out. So. I have some of these uh, small companies. You I don't really want to talk about uh, some of the issues that, that have happened, but you know, if it's one round of sure, financing, okay. You know, the, the top, you know, people in that company do extremely well and now they're a successful entrepreneur. Right. But you know, they, they don't they're not on the cover of of uh, you know Venture Magazine or, right. or, or or anything like that. That's a great outcome. And frankly, right. I would right. love to, for America to have hundreds, if not thousands, of more of those people than 10 more Mark Zuckerbergs, right? right. I, I want these companies to be created and, and, uh, and, and moved on. Um, so, so that's something I really try to tell people. And a lot of times we'll see people, it could be greed. It could mm-hmm. be lack of market awareness. Right. Uh, it could be, um, you know, people not understanding that maybe a stock deal, that's 3x evaluation than maybe a cash deal, uh, has different you know, outcomes for, for themselves, their employees and their families. Right. so it's it's really it's important for people to pay attention to things like taxes where are they living um, right. you know what where are they going to live after you know a, a transaction goes through and that's part of that whole vision thing
0: we just see sometimes on our side is valuation is sometimes a little unrealistic people don't understand some standard ratios you know roughly if you're raising two million we're going to guess that it's a 10 million post because you're early early you're selling it's about 20 percent of the company and a lot of entrepreneurs just don't understand that it's it's kind of formulaic sometimes in the beginning depends if you're building tenable and you're already doing 50 million in revenue that's a different that's more like a private equity valuation but we see people make mistakes and the other thing is just i don't know if you're here ron why should i give you 20% 20% of my company for $2 million. You're not giving me anything. I'm buying it. So anyway.
1: Exa- Exactly. And, and those kind of things go back to what do you want as an entrepreneur, right? right? Do you want to get it, your first exit under your belt? Do you want to uh, maybe this is your second exit and you really want to grow a lot, a lot bigger? Um, these things are really, really important. And if you can't have that conversation between the investor and the, the founders, you're pretty damn well sure the founder certainly isn't having that conversation with their employees. And if they're not doing that, that's probably not the kind of company I want to invest in. Okay.
0: Good. All right. Very helpful. Look, do you have some time for questions? Maybe five or 10 minutes? We have a bunch of questions. All right. Let me hit the first one real quick. It says, do the same points hold true that you've been discussing for cybersecurity, (laughs) anti-fraud, compliance startups? Like, I know you focus a lot on cyber, but if you go wider across like secure tech,
1: yeah, so I, I think one of the reasons I brand that as cyber is so I don't get pitches on things like curing cancer, which don't get me wrong, I want people yeah. to cure cancer. I'm probably right. not gonna help you, you know, figure out a way to a way to do that. So um, you know, those things do hold true. What mm. problem are you solving? Right. How do you solve it? Right. And and I've you know, every now and then I'll I'll be a um like a guest judge or I'll be on a panel for entrepreneurship and I'll be paired with You know, healthcare innovation, robotics, you know, aviation, you know, that kind of thing. Uh And I see the same patterns where people come in and they they're following sort of the technology. AI is a great example. Right. Right. So people will pitch me an AI come and be all about the AI. And and they'll never mention what problem are they solving or why would somebody want to buy this in the first place? So I do. I do think they hold true.
0: Okay, same points hold true. Cool. Great. Let's go to the next question. Do you find oh, this will be interesting? Do you find that US East Coast versus West Coast cyber deals look different? Do we have their valuation or structure?
1: So they do look different, and mm-hmm. for but it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, typically the firms out west, if you think of Sand Hill Road, I mean these people mm-hmm. are they're on their fifth or sixth fund. Right. They've been doing this for a while. Right. Um, if you come in and this has happened to me where I've looked at a company and been like, yeah, you know it's it's uh, I, I, will make money it's not probably the most exciting thing that I want to work on and they'll go out west and and I'll get a phone call as a diligence call and they'll be, it'll be like, hey, we're going to put in a lot of million you know millions of dollars at this valuation when we're all really excited about it right it's it's a it's a little bit of a numbers game and there's mm-hmm. more venture out there. I'll just say as as um, I think I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm also an LP in about six or seven other cyber companies. I think all of these people- Cyber funds, you mean? Cyber funds, yeah. And it's on the website, tech operators, ForgePoint. These guys are all brilliant. They've got a lot Uh more experience than me. They rarely ever invest in the same thing. They're all going in slightly different. I mean, the market's so big. Right. Um, So it's pretty easy, I think, for a good cyber technology to get a great investor. And since there's more investors out West, Right. It's possible that you're going to see you're going to you're going to see it. It's changing. It's changing. We're 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 seeing a lot more funds on the East Coast, hmm. and um, you know. So I think it's a great question.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Let's go to the next one. Um, and you may have answered this, but do you invest in other types of security startups, non-cyber? Again, you know, drone, counter-drone, compliance, fraud. There's there's lots of things besides cyber. Or do you just want to focus on cyber? If people yeah, reach so, out to you,
1: So we did we did invest in a company called Department Thirteen, and um, they're they're based in Columbia, Maryland. I don't what have What do they them do? On, they are a uh, counter-drone company. They can they can jam. The, they were in the basement of the uh, Tenable building. I was happy to invest, <laughs> but it's not something I have on the website uh, right, right, right right now. And we we do some non-cyber stuff, but I really try not to. Um, it's just I'm trying to be very focused on on, on cyber, which okay. includes which is funny. You know, one of my favorite questions: What is cyber? Right? There's there's big data, there's IT analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I had like one of our companies, Automox. It's, Automox, it's patch uh, patch management. Mm-hmm. I've actually had somebody go, that's not a cyber company. I'm like, look for like 20 years, or for, for, for the last two three years, I was trying to get them to go to RSA and and get some more cyber investors, and now they're they're really doing amazing things patching patching systems. But when they when I first met them, it was like software distribution
0: got it got it okay let's go to our next question now this is kind of interesting i've heard this one before actually if powerpoint froze on one slide during a pitch what would you want it to be so they lock yeah. up they're in the middle of pitching you and it's like oh it freezes yeah what that first one
1: on? the first slide the, first, the what solving. got We're it solving um because I, I i mean and that's almost universal across when i talk about other companies mm-hmm. and i and i have my, my co-investors uh, people who didn't get a chance to invest. And they say, oh, we really, you know, sometimes it's the founder. Like some people are willing to put the founder first. Like, hey, I want to bet on the founder. Mm-hmm. And and don't get me wrong, I want to create people who get that kind of reputation. That's that's kind of what I really want to do. But you're starting out, you've got to have a problem and solve it in a way that, that's going to really make a difference for everybody.
0: Got it. Okay, great. Let's move on to our next one. Just another three questions or so for about five more minutes and then we'll wrap it up. It says in, uh, in 2020, any thoughts you're prognosticating with three weeks from the beginning of the year what might heat up and cool down in cyber any f- predictions or expectations
1: <laughs> I I, uh, I love it so I didn't have it in front of me there there's a um, there's a woman in cyber she yeah. used AI and machine learning to come up with the predictions for 2020 and I oh thought they were they were great and it was like oh. you know uh, you know zero day AI algorithm you know that that kind of stuff so right, right. Um, you know i i think there's going to be a lot of uh deep fakes coming out mm-hmm. um that's deep seems fake
0: like, video, yeah, video just
1: deep to, fake yeah. videos mm-hmm. um I'm, i mean that's i i don't know how you make money on doing that right i i'm not envisioning somebody um, for
0: detecting deep fake videos yeah
1: like i'm just like like i and i've been pitched a lot of this stuff and most mm-hmm. of it is like really really good cryptographic control over the photos that you and your employees take and the videos right. that you and you take but if right. somebody took this screenshot or took this, yeah, and you're done. Changed me or change, put sunglasses on me or something like that. There's ways to detect that with by looking at the pixels. But if you're really good,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: can't detect any of that, right? right. There's right. there's a lot of ways around that. and that's really what I want to like. I would love to be watching the news and having something going on. Hey, we, we this was an unauthenticated, you know, uh, feed or something like that. And there's amazing right. tech out there that that right. survives. You know, resolution uh, changes right. and 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 that there's some really really cool stuff, so, but it's just not something that that I think is going to be uh, ready just yet.
0: Right. So you're looking for end-to-end encryption in video, right? Like what I'm watching on my we screen came from the camera.
1: Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing. I mean that well, that stuff exists, but the way right. media is distributed to us, mm-hmm. we don't have any. Uh, the, we we have literally we have an, not enough trust in our media mm-hmm. already, but the actual delivery mechanism I think is um, is 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 interesting and i'm i'm holding back a little bit on some of the stuff i've been i've seen but um, but yeah i think there's going to be more of this stuff coming at the general public in the next year year and a half
0: have you seen just this isn't the question but i saw it a couple of weeks ago there's a company on the flip side of that they make deep fake videos yeah. but it's oh, yeah. commercial. have you seen that and, you know with the with the, the ads the,
1: and- the fake joe rogan i think yeah is,
0: it's the, is, is but the, it's and the, for commercial purposes it's yeah. it was kind of crazy it's like frightening but anyway.
1: yeah. one of the things um, i think is going to be interesting yeah. is um, provable ai I'm, I've seen a couple companies pitch that. Uh, one of our uh, companies that we've invested in indirectly through uh, Workbench out of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have that. a company called Arthur AI that kind of learns what your AI does and can kind of tell you if it if it changes. Um, oh, interesting. Not necessarily going rogue, but just right. change, right? Like yeah. literally, like, hey, people, you were approving loans for, like, you know, six months ago. You're not approving loans for now. You might want to look at your model. You know, that kind of wow. stuff.
0: Oh, I, interesting. It yeah, watches the ad. Okay, let's go. Three more questions and we'll wrap up. Um, Manu Singh asked on LinkedIn, will you provide guidance on launching and executing your startup ideas or do we need to present the startup to you with like proven results? I guess that's like your number three in the middle of the Gula 5 slide is proof. Like do they need to come with you proof or will you help them?
1: Uh, so like I'll get a lot of um, uh, academics and mm-hmm. consultants and they'll say, hey, I got an idea to do X, Y, and Z. I'll be like, look, hey, go ahead, tell me, uh, because ninety percent of the time, the idea is not what makes the company. You know, it's and and I've had people say, hey, buy my patents and go build a company. I'm like, that's it's a lot more work than 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 what you think. Having a great idea is important, but yeah. being able to you know build a company around that's more important than that. So, how do you bring it to market? How do you sell it? You know, what do you um, you know what do you what do you do? Um, I'll give you a good example. So, Trackoff was a company we invested in. And they were out of Baltimore, and they detect the creepy ads. Like, why are you still getting, you know, ads for tires after you bought tires, you know, weeks ago? Right, right. They sold to Avast, mm-hmm. but before they sold to Avast, I gave them a whole bunch of ideas on. Look, you could do these. Here's some other things you could be doing right. to maybe enter new markets and, um, uh, you know, do 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 more with this technology. Got so we it, do yeah. try to be active. I think, and most cyber investors are going to look for other ways that you can be more efficient, bringing your tech out.
0: Got it. But I guess, is it, would it be true, it's never too early to reach out to Ron Gola? Like, if you have something, you want to, you know, send it forward, and the biggest thing is fit in the five, right? What problem, what solution? Is You know, because I think you'd want to see things, even if it's early, rather see it a little bit early. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly don't mind. I'm, I'm, a right. little, I'm a little backlogged, right? So okay. between between the work I'm doing with this defending digital campaigns and our portfolio companies and 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 the pitches, um, you know, I do like to get a pitch or at least see a demo. Okay. Uh, but but here's the crazy thing. Like I've had people send me a pitch and I'll just go to the website. They say, "Hey, we are going to do a demo like 2 weeks from now." So I'll go right. to the website. I'll I'll read their 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 white paper, I'll look at all right. their demos, right. and I'll start asking them questions and, and they'll be like, "Well, we haven't we haven't pitched you yet." I'm like, well, "Why do you got to pitch? We're beyond it's that. on your website." This is you say what you do. And, and, and I have these questions based on what's on you. Oh, well, that's the website's getting redone. Okay, those are not good first introductions and, and, and calls with me at this point. Now, th- you can still help everybody. I mean, I update our website all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point is, is yeah, I, I, I would say do a reach out. And uh, you know, we'll say I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Twitter. Uh, okay. You can always hit up the investor at, at Google attack
0: Awesome. Okay, we'll go to the next question and one more after that, we're done. Jeff Sal asks, on the subject of enterprise sales, have you ever, been, have you ever seen customer-funded development, an NRE or in a CISO organization?
1: Yeah, so your first, if you have a, 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 a solution that's good for the enterprise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've seen a number of different things. Uh, it could be a multi-year uh, deal uh, upfront where uh, maybe you get a three-year, four-year contract, I'm going to give you all that cash right now. So co-
0: customer-funded uh, development. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh.
1: Yep. Because okay. a lot of companies are they're they're very aware that procurement for the enterprise can be tough. Um, they're very aware that that uh, if they wait for the big companies, they they might not keep up with the innovation. You know, just as people come and go, and that's that's usually a big a big red flag. By the way, if somebody says we're going to out outbuild Cisco or Tenable, they, I don't think they realize how much resources those companies have, but right having said that you know it's hard to keep that innovation cycle up you know for these really really big big public companies so okay. most large corporations are willing to work with with some startups and entrepreneurs and a great way to keep their attention and to keep them on mission so to speak even if they get acquired tomorrow is to buy a three year four year contract up front right. and right. Uh, that i've i've seen that happen in quite i consider that customer funded development absolutely yeah
0: it's great okay and the That's thing fine. i would just the best kind yeah, no, it's terrific. It's it's no dilution, right? Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, just to, if people do that, we always try to be careful about it. make sure it's like, who owns the IP after you build it, right? You have that yeah, work for hire provision. Just make sure IP you own it. what you build. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and it's that same question, you know, if you have a startup, you know, what's your product revenue? What's your what's your services revenue? Well, if somebody gave you a two-year services agreement to build all this tech, well, then that's that's tough, right? Try explaining right. that to a a, a vendor, but. Taking a two-year, three-year thing and committing to a roadmap—boy, that's that's market validation. That's not dilution. That's that's a great, great situation to be in.
0: Okay, cool. Last question from Karam Chaudhry, if I pronounce that correctly. What does cyber disruption look like to you in the context of digital transformation? I don't know if you get that, but like, what does disruption look like to you?
1: So that's a that's a great softball question, right? So. Um, <laughs> You know, so one of the things I get I get to help out with is uh, this thing called the cyber moonshot, where we're uh-huh. trying to make the internet safe and secure in in, in in ten years. So when you really look at at cyber, uh, a lot of what we're doing in cyber is a provable, doable thing, right? We've got okay. hygiene. We know how to build it. We can design security. It's not like there's this unknown area. And a lot of times, what happens is people just aren't implementing things. You have a a long tail legacy things you have budget issues you have training issues you have international. it's it's tough to run a big 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 enterprise so okay. so the question is what does that look like when it's disrupted um, you know it could be the cloud you know I'm not okay. so sure we're, we're not reinventing everything every time you know Amazon or Google or, or Microsoft you know adds another feature or so I think, uh, you know, it's harder for people to kind of get get a hold of of, of, of all that. So there's going to be opportunities and then God forbid anything bad ever happened in the cloud. And we had to swing back to on prem as our first sort of deployment, you know, for, uh, you know, for it. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So, um, you know, when I look at disruption, I look at friction. I look at ease of deployment. I look at um, so, and we're just we're just not there as an industry yet. You know, it's so hard to be 100 percent Microsoft shop or 100 percent, you know, Amazon deployment and kill everything that's on prem. Uh, We have a long way to go as an industry.
0: It's interesting just to point out when you said disruption, what does it look like? You didn't say anything about the technical side. You talked about friction and ease of deployment.
1: Yeah, there's there's a technology that's never going to get deployed.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because we see a lot of times people don't realize, we talk about for startups, you can be clever on more than one axis, and it, there's lots of ways to win. It could be pricing disruption. It could be business model. It could mm-hmm. be decreased friction, ease of deployment, where it's technically equal, but it's simple. You just turn it on and it works. People oh, forget yeah. that. Oh,
1: yeah. And, and it's, right. IT is so complex with so many different technologies that are in different states. It's so difficult to come in and figure out your footprint. And I'm starting to see pitches on third-party risk. Third-party risk was one of the best things in sure. cyber that ever happened. Right. I think it's under-delivered a little bit because it's right. so hard to discover right. who you're dependent upon. There's a legal procurement dependent. There's like like what is my network dependent on? Right. Um, and it's 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 definitely coming. But uh, yeah, no, that- we have
0: a company in that space. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Let me just wrap up real quick. If you're interested in getting an investment from Ron, he's terrific. He's in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Um, you can see him at a Ravens game, but you can reach out to Ron. He has on his website his access information or on LinkedIn. If you're interested in Dream It and what we do in secure tech or any of our verticals, please apply. It's just dreamit.com/apply. Um, check out what we do on YouTube. We have these great. Episodes called Dream It Doses. So if you have a chance, check out what we're doing on YouTube. It's great content, particularly, Ron, some of the things you hit on total addressable market, go-to-market strategy, the how to do competition. We have these little short five minute segments that are like exactly how to do it. And they're really good. Ron, thanks for joining us today. Get
1: get somebody smart, you know, the gift of entrepreneurship and tell them to start a company.
0: There you go. That's a great gift. That's a great gift. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Take care.